Welcome to Pratidwani, where we try to humanize science. I'm your host, G.V. Pawan Kumar. It is my delight and pleasure to introduce you to my guest on this episode, uh, Suspita Adhikari. Suspita calls herself as uh, an astrophysicist and a cosmologist who is preoccupied with the universe and its uh, inhabitants, uh, which is quite fascinating. Uh, Susmita is an assistant professor at the Indian Institute of Science, Education and Research, Pune and uh, is at the same department I work at and I'm uh, delighted to have her on this particular episode. Uh, to just give you a brief background of Susmita, she did her PhD at the Urbana Champaign, UIUC and subsequently she was at the Kavli Institute of uh, Particle Astrophysics in the Stanford University uh, and subsequently she was uh, also a postdoc at uh, the University of Chicago and Fermi uh, lab and uh, she moved uh, to ICER uh, recently and uh, I'm, I'm so happy that uh, she's joining in. Her speciality is actually dark matter halos and, uh, and within this large basket of dark matter halos, whatever comes out of that is what she's interested in looking at. So welcome to Pratidwani. Yeah. Thank you, Pavan. Thanks so much for having me. I really like what you're doing and I love the one line explanation of humanizing science. I really yeah. believe in that. Yeah. yeah. Thank you. Thank you. Uh, so, Susmita, tell us a little bit about uh, how you really got interested in science and furthermore astronomy probably and astrophysics. Uh, give us a kind of a picture of how was your upbringing and uh, what was your background in, in, in getting into science? Yeah, so, uh, uh, yeah, I've thought about this a lot uh, and I think it's hard to pinpoint a moment when I became interested in science. I think growing up, um, I, I uh, grew up in an atmosphere, I think, where I always, I always, uh, in some sense, I always enjoyed rational thinking. I think that is probably my sort of uh, biggest inclination towards uh, science. Um, and I think from the earliest days that I can think of, I think I, I, it, it, it's probably uh, getting influenced by my father to a large, large extent growing up that I think uh, I started thinking of myself as uh, in the future as a scientist uh, um, when I would you know be a professional uh, my father himself is an engineer um, and uh, he was always you know and he really loved his uh, craft like you know he was the old school engineer who did mechanical engineering but he he really loved uh, the aspects uh, the scientific aspects of what he was doing so he would always um, you know, he would ask me questions of many different kinds, you know, look at and ob observe something and, you know, tell me how it works. For example, you know, how a plane would fly or when I would take a flight with him or go on the train with him, he would tell me how the tracks would change, why it's designed this way or why the plane would take off. In fact, even today when I take off in a flight, you know, I think of Bernoulli's principle. I'm a nervous flyer, <laughs> but I, you know, I, I take off of what are the, you know, he would, he would inspire me to think about what are the different principles that go into how things work, essentially, right? Uh, uh, and then, you know, I, I grew up in this atmosphere where uh, where him and his friends would discuss these things. And I, I remember as a child, you know, uh, one of my father's friends, actually, who was in BRC at that time, he, he asked me, okay, how do you think, you know, people measure the value of pi? I think I was in uh, class two or class three at that point of time, you know, uh, you know, when they didn't, you know, how how do they come up with the fact that you know the circumference by di diameter is this number, and it was like really fascinating to me, you know, it was like yeah, really, you know, if I 
what would I use to actually measure these things? How would I check that, you know, how would I come to this conclusion that there is this beautiful symmetry in the universe that, you know, this, this works for some reason or, or then, you know, I, I give him a bunch of answers and then he would say that, how would you ensure that it's actually a circle? And I'm like, hmm, you know, mm -hmm. so I, I think I was, I grew up in this atmosphere of asking of, of uh, asking questions of things around me. And I think I was, uh, I, I found it both scientific to approach with numbers and also philosophical in some mm -hmm. sense, I think. So I like, I like thinking about things uh, deeper. So I, th really? I think, yeah. I think that way I, I sort of get, got interested in doing science. I also enjoyed math. I think a large part of why I ended up doing science also I enjoyed math growing up in school. Um, I think me and my sister were polar opposites <laughs> in that sense. Uh, but uh, what was the place? Huh? What was the place? Oh, where I grew up? Uh, yes, yeah. Uh, yeah, so I think, uh, so I was born actually in Bombay. Um, so I spent the first few years of my life in Bombay. Uh, and uh, then I moved to Oman for a short time, for two years. And then I moved to Calcutta in class four. Um, and uh, yeah, so most of my life, uh, most of my school life has been spent in Calcutta. Uh, and uh, uh, right, and then I, <clears throat> I was there in Calcutta till I finished my bachelor's before I moved to Bombay again for my master's. Yeah. Thanks. So you mentioned the influence of your father on, on your thinking uh, and uh, this is something which is uh, very interesting because uh, I'm, I'm curious to know what was the kind of conversations you used to have. Of course, you did mention something uh, related to some puzzle and other yeah. things. But could you just elaborate a little bit about a typical uh, dinner table kind of a conversation? Uh, was that very prevalent because you also mentioned you have a sibling? Ooh, yeah. Yeah, yeah 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 so um uh, so at, at my house i think uh so my you know so i, I so i don't know how would we we'd have a bunch of different conversations as at all, all the time i think it was not always uh specific to science uh, my sister actually was unlike me actually growing up she was a lot more into reading and you know literature and uh, those kinds of things. So we'd have, you know, basically, and my father was a science guy. Okay, so <laughs> they would have actually a lot of debates about, and I found it, I found it interesting. So they would have a lot of debates, you know, as, as to what is the thing that you should study and what is the thing you should not study. So I think- It's I, elder, elder sibling? My elder sister, elder, yeah, 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 yeah. So I grew up a lot, uh, you know, trying to think about these questions. Uh, and, and uh, but generally, you know, our, our dinner table conversations were quite wide and, uh, yeah, they were specific to science, but I think they were enriching in other ways. Like they were simple, usual mm. things about how we view life, but nothing, nothing very deep usually. But yeah, that way. So one of the uh, important aspects, especially uh, this is a kind of a general observation, mm -hmm. is that uh, people who tend to go into astrophysics, astronomy, mm -hmm. also have a reasonably strong anchoring in mathematics. Mm -hmm. And you did mention that you had some interest yeah. in that. Uh, was this uh, kind of uh, interest developed through school or uh, was there something you read uh, within your, uh, within your, let's say, uh, everyday reading, uh, something which motivated you towards mathematics? Mm -hmm. No, actually, I would say in my case, it was mostly through what developed in school and what I was learning in school. I think uh, uh, so in in that sense, I was, you know, I think 
one of the reasons why I went into astrophysics and why I went into sort of uh, and I was I was actually all very inclined towards more of the theoretical side. So I think one of the things that really, really fascinated me was when I was reading for the first time in around class eight and nine about the life cycle of a star, you know, and there I think seeded from something that I learned in school. But then I went in, remember reading up a lot from uh, popular articles essentially of how, you know, many different fields of science come together over there, like of physics come together over there, you know, starting from mechanics to gravitation to and all the things that I was learning at that, you know, just very introductory stuff at that point of time, just learning uh, mechanics, classical mechanics, you know, gravity and quantum mechanics and thermodynamics. I didn't even probably think of them as very separate things at that point of time, how they come together to explain this really beautiful system. So I think that was a very uh, important, uh, I, I think that those those kind of things of you know, bringing these things together, and I think got me interested both in the theoretical aspects of astron astrophysics and also you know just just taking that on as something I would do in the future essentially. Yeah. Very interesting. Yeah. Because uh, astrophysics is probably, at least in my opinion, one of the highest forms of uh, applied physics. Yeah, because as it you, is actually very as you clearly mentioned, you need to uh, really explore all sub disciplines of physics, bring them to the to the table, so to speak, and then utilize them to explain and mm -hmm. other things. This also means that uh, you probably would have also had reasonably good uh, education at schooling. Uh, would you want to tell a little bit more about your schooling? Yeah, I think um, I think I I was uh, so i think there are both aspects firstly I, I think to be fair i grew up in a fair i went to a fairly privileged school mm. okay so i think i, I, I acknowledge that and uh, we had exposure to good teachers good materials and stuff but i think a lot of uh, there's there's two aspects to it you know what we learn from school and how much time we spend on it and uh, so i i think both of those things uh, came together um, in, in, in my case like reading deeply into what I was uh, uh, you know where reading deeply into what I was studying at that time is something that I was sort of inculcating in myself while also being a part of the larger school uh, uh, school culture you know but uh, so there's one thing in uh, you know one of the things that have has really actually influenced me more than schooling. I would say is uh, moving to Calcutta was a very, I think, a very important uh, life change for me. Uh, I think growing up there has influenced me in many ways, and I don't just say that. You know, I spent a lot of my time growing up in Bombay and then in Oman, and then I moved to Calcutta. So I spent the first part of my life being exposed to many different cultures, and I think I. In Cal I, I really appreciated that exposure and then I moved to Calcutta and I think uh, the way people approach studying and just knowledge over there was a very big influence for me I think uh, you know just valuing uh, valuing knowledge valuing reading yeah. value the things that people value over there uh, valuing language uh, are all things that I, I I can't really pinpoint as, as you know this happening at this point of time or that happening at that point of time Whereas I think it was a very wholesome place to grow up in, you know, culturally, uh, not just 
not just in science, even culturally through arts and everything else, the kind of influence that it brings on you to value things deeply and value the meaning of things was something that was inculcated in studying in a school and a college, I think, in, in, in Calcutta. That was a very, I, I think, a very strong influence on me. Absolutely, yeah. absolutely. In fact, that is probably one of the most important aspect uh, because the location at mm -hmm. which you are kind growing of, you know, up, growing yeah. up uh, has a huge uh, mm -hmm. implication on what you become. Yeah. Second point is that uh, you also at a very early stage seems to have seem to have been exposed to various different cultures, yeah. uh, which also is something very important. Yeah. And uh, many a times it's not usual for somebody to get exposed as early as what, what mm -hmm. you had. So uh, was that also an important influence in you kind of, you know, growing up and looking at the world in slightly different way? Yes, absolutely. I think exposure is really so important mm -hmm. to all our lives uh, and I cannot value it enough. Mm -hmm. um, so looking at how different people live their lives and how different people uh, perceive and interact with their day-to-day -day life is really, really important. Um, and, you know, we, it's very easy to become narrow-minded in your own world and think that this is correct and this is wrong and have whole strong biases. But I think for me, it was, you know, it was really nice being able to grow up in Bombay around, you know, different kinds of people trying to learn to speak Marathi, trying to uh, inculcate their cultures in food and music and, uh, dance and you know just the small habits that people have in their day-to-day -day life and just appreciating them and and you know then when you look back and try to compare it you 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 feel like you understand them at some level of course you know living a life is different but you still understand that at some level and you become more open to new ideas so i think uh you know i think i think in that sense yeah i i really enjoyed uh growing up uh, spending a part. I, I value that part of my younger life, yeah, which I spent elsewhere also very, very much. And, you know, that's a theme that has been true in my life generally. And I, I'm sure a lot of scientists yeah. lives because we, I think we think of ourselves as thinkers and stuff, but a lot of it is really, ex really comes from the exposure that we get in life, right? Like uh, the different kinds of people that we meet, the different kinds of science that we do and all of that. Yeah. Absolutely, absolutely. So you, you mentioned uh, languages. So you can speak Marathi. Mm -hmm. I am no, I can't speak Marathi. I can understand Marathi now, Marathi, uh, nice. but I want to learn. Uh, yeah, yeah, same here, same here. All we're all in the process. Yeah, yeah. To speak. Yeah. So uh, now that you've got a, a good foundation, uh, mm -hmm. thanks to of course the place and also the schooling uh, mm -hmm. at which you you uh, were brought up. Uh, this also means that uh, you are now set. You are, are you are setting up yourself to a kind of a career which is slightly more intellectual. Given that you already have a good ecosystem at home, and you have a sibling uh, who also probably would be interested in doing something. Uh, so, what are the kind of choices you were exposed to, or what are the choices you had to make mm -hmm. at very crucial junctions? Because see, as early as uh, your high school you're already trying to think about what is the kind of things you are interested in. Yeah. Because that is the probably the first place where you get exposed to slightly more broader context. Yeah. And also a lot of pressure, <laughs> so to speak. So could you tell us a little bit more about that that phase where you're, you're trying to kind of make your way through the uh, observable world, <laughs> so to speak. 
yeah so there are many stages i think you come up with this question first is of course from uh, i think from you know the first transition where you have to make a choice between which direction that you want to go to i was quite sure that i wanted to do science um but then i think uh, as is common in a lot of indian families <laughs> our parents want us to be engineers <laughs> and doctors uh i think i was never i think i disappointed probably myself <laughs> to some extent um i was always sure that i wanted to go into one of the purer sciences again i think that is uh influenced by a little bit growing up where i was growing up just because yeah, yeah. anybody who is in kolkata cannot uh, cannot uh, you know escape the fever <laughs> of basic sciences basic sciences basic arts you yeah, know basic arts, it's yes. both yeah, it's one absolutely. of those places where uh, it's really appreciated like the topper in my school essentially went into humanities and it's really respected you know and men do a lot of humanities absolutely. and they encouraged to do so it's not just that they do so Um, Absolutely. Yes, In yes. fact, that is something which is remarkably different. Uh, I don't know whether it's still prevalent uh, even even within Kolkata's mm-hmm. intellectual culture and uh, ecosystem. But I have seen some really good people who are interested in doing something little bit more open-ended. Did not confine themselves only to sciences. Yeah. Our technology, so yeah. to speak. And we can see how important yeah. it is nowadays, right? Yeah. Yes. Yes. Absolutely. Yeah. So I was always sure that I wanted to do the uh, pure sciences. So I was, and also I think I, I did not spend. <laughs> I did not want to spend. I was doing a lot of things in my eleven and twelve. I was also very interested in extracurriculars growing up. Actually, I, I, I love dancing. So I was, uh, I was also spending a lot of time doing a lot of extracurriculars at that point, and I did not want to spend. What genre? What genre? So I, uh, I. <laughs> uh did bharatnatyam very young and then in 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 uh, my school so i did a lot of other forms of dancing so creative dancing rabindranatya odissi from my friends and so on uh, but i really really love odissi and i think uh, i'm i have on and off again learned odissi and, and now i'm again i've joined a class here wow um, nice very nice so yeah so i think pune is probably a great place uh, yeah yeah pune <laughs> pune is a great Place mm-hmm. to pursue all of these things. Yeah, it's a bit, yeah, it, yeah. It's a little complicated because of the distances distance, I might have to yeah. travel. But yeah, uh, yeah but I, you I still have some it. something which is there in in, in the city. To, yes, to yes, pursue. yes. There are uh, many many uh, options. The one that I'm going to is a bit far, but uh, there are good options in both in creative dancing and I'm also interested in Western styles as well. And in you know, we'll come to that. We'll yeah. come to that because that is an important point mm-hmm. uh, because. Uh, listeners who are actually you know paying attention a scientist is not somebody who is just going to sit in front of a computer or in a laboratory Absolutely. they have multifaceted approaches yeah. to life and this is an example and uh, we will surely discuss it at, at some point of time yeah. so now uh, so you, that you, was yeah. yeah so i think going sorry you were saying something yeah yeah, yeah. please no, go no, just going back so yeah. that was one point at which uh, <coughs> at which i had to make this decision of what i wanted to go and the other was after Uh, after my masters in iit if i wanted to uh, stay back here or you know go abroad and pursue a phd uh, and uh, in in science so again i think at that point of time i was also growing up so a lot more complications of society of being a woman and all of those things come up and you know why you want to make this choice and um, 
why do you want to leave home and go somewhere else and do this what what will you gain from it and uh, isn't it safer to be here isn't it and and many different things you know even being from a simple middle class yeah. family is it's, is this something that you should pursue so that was again another strong uh, another place where i really i think that was a place where i had to do a lot of explaining to both my mother and my father to really justify why i wanted to make that choice and it was not easy um so i hope eventually they are happy uh, as yeah, i am well. yeah. and yeah and then of course later the choice of uh, working in india was uh, it was not a difficult choice i think it was something that i had always thought yeah. i will do we'll come to that yeah. point yeah. because uh, uh, we'll go transitions by transition yes. because yeah. that is a very important thing because that's where uh, a lot of things also become clear in how one is trying to approach uh, one's life through science you know mm -hmm. that is an important thing a lot of people also have to make such decisions and uh, it is also a great learning process for everybody you need not be only younger people so one of the aspects uh, is that that transition from the high school to um, to the college probably one of the biggest cultural transitions also one has to make uh, so i assume that you are still in kolkata during that transition yes and where, where did you go to schooling and also the college could you tell us so i went to school in uh, ashokal mm. um, high secondary girls school so uh, kakata has this weird thing of having girls school and boys school uh, and uh, then i went to college in st xavier's college kolkata and the physics and did the physics on a set yeah that's a very well known college that's a very well known college yeah so during that phase of your undergraduate studies mm -hmm. which is surely one of the foundational kind of uh, you know educations uh, educational kind of platforms you will have to go through in order to launch yourself into anything what you want to do going forward uh, what was the kind of uh, system you encountered um, uh, what kind of physics for example what you learned could yeah. you tell us anything? yeah that's uh, yeah actually that was a very uh, as far as physics is concerned that was a very important stage in my life um firstly i think more than my school in my college i was uh, exposed to some really really good teachers who i uh, who's teaching and the thing that i learned from them i still uh, fall back upon often times um so one of our professors was uh, um professor anand dashgupta actually i should mention by name and he used to teach us mathematical methods and he was a wonderful teacher you know he would come in with one problem in class and explain you know various aspects of it um uh, you know just uh, you know just take that one problem and just you know tell us how to different do it in many different ways and what are the different things that we learn from doing it in different ways and you know he was this very casual person who did not care about attendance or anything but still you know some of us would be there every single day because it was just um, such a good uh, way such a uh, rich experience right and uh, so that that is something that i really really remember from college um, also uh, being exposed for the first time to experimental really good experimental facilities like uh, we had a really good optics lab in uh, in st xavier's college uh, and a really good electronics lab as well um, and uh, i was not good with my hands i think i was not, i'm not i'm not a good experimentalist but i really really uh, that was the first time i was exposed uh, to to you know to these things and i i think i really really appreciated that and the other thing that i think i ha that was really uh, 
good for me in Calcutta University, which worked well for me. And it, you know, we all have different, we have some broad different ways of learning amongst people. And I think uh, one thing that was really good was um, was the amount of uh, leeway we had in sort of, uh, in a sense, teaching ourselves because we had, uh, you know, it was a it was a bit of a challenging system because we had this part one, part two, part three system, and part two was cumulative of one and two, uh, and everything. But they had this very uh, it's an odd thing to remember, but they had this very weird thing where we would get like a three month holiday or two to three month holiday before our exams, right? And then you would really and no one and you were not doing it for your uh, you know then you were it was really you and your books, okay? So you spent on your own a lot of time um, with a lot of free time actually and I think that is so important in any kind of learning particularly in physics where you sat down with your stuff and explained you know drew things that you learned in class and really uh, went through uh, all of the literature in, in, in your classes right and I think that was really really valuable to me I never felt cramped I enjoyed uh, studying even if it was a, if for an exam which was really had a bad policy of math suppression, so it's a messed mm -hmm. up system. But uh, but I think that uh, that gave me a lot of confidence in myself, and it gave me a lot of uh, it. It really started uh, making me enjoy physics, you know, like uh, different aspects of uh, the the subject that I was really yeah. studying. Very nice, very nice. So it means that uh, you probably would 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 still be exposed to all branches of physics, mm -hmm. sub, sub, yeah. sub branches. And uh, generally, this is a great education for astrophysics, right? Mm -hmm. I'm trying to figure yes, out yes, how yeah, yeah. you're developing into an astrophysics yeah. person. Uh, are you already thinking about astro then? or? Um, so astro was always astro, astro, astrophysics was always at the back of my mind because I, uh, you know, even though even though you know you don't study astrophysics as a, in in india so far we don't really have astrophysics as a subject um, in very few places actually have it um, even in my, during my masters we didn't have it but you are always drawing examples from astrophysics in many different uh, many different systems that you study you know, throughout you know from learning about gravity your and understand, of course, GR is really, really mm. important. GR for listeners is great, uh, general. General, yes. Yeah. Um, so uh, in that sense, it was if I wanted to specialize in something, I think I always knew that I wanted to specialize in astrophysics. Um, uh, just, just from the diversity of, even even though we were not learning it specifically, I was really interested in astrophysical systems. Uh, you know, um, so in that sense, I was always. I knew that if I wanted to specialize, I would do that eventually. Later, I, you know, when I went into my master's, I, uh, when I started studying general relativity, uh, and I also worked in my master's project on a mm. project that was not related to astrophysics. Actually, it was sort of, uh, or it is in some sense. You know, there's no sharp line mm. that way. So mm. it was related to black hole holography and all of that. So, I think. I always, uh, like I was very interested in syst astrophysical systems and that might be something which is, uh, you know, it's a bit of a cliche because, you know, as a physicist you grow up and it's, they are, astrophysics is very visual and uh, 
so it's easy to get uh, influenced in that 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 way so even now in my students guilty as charged <laughs> yes uh, so i think uh, i think i always knew i wanted to do nice. that yes yes so uh, then you were uh, also making a transition from bachelor's to masters mm -hmm. you continue in the same place or you go elsewhere no i went to iit bombay for IIT my bombay. masters okay. yeah so uh, yeah so i was in iit bombay for my masters so uh, i think both again uh, science wise and also life wise both of these were really nice places because mm -hmm. uh, once i went to college you know my perimeter of the people i meet increased from all parts of west bengal and many different you know types of people again come together and similarly when you move to bombay it was a really nice experience to uh, sh share that life with people from all parts of the country um you were you were already familiar with bombay in that sense right I, I was i mean i was there i was there at a very different, different stage, stage of my yeah. life yeah and then growing up i was mm. i felt at home because mm. it was bombay <laughs> but uh yeah but you know it, it I, IITs are these places which brings together people from all parts of the country, right? And then that is really, really nice, you know, parts from all the different states and uh, all different kinds of people. So that way it was really, it's a multicultural place in that sense. So Absolutely. I, Absolutely. Uh, really enjoyed my time at IIT as well. It was a different uh, system of education, it was more towards the semester system of education and doing projects. And uh, I, the IIT system is where, you know, you start focus uh, unlike the calcutta university system the iit system was more where you start focusing on problem solving uh, and that was a very different way of approaching uh, science uh, i thought than what i was uh, i was partly trained to do but there it, it was where the rigor really came in you know because you you were faced with a lot of time problems that you had not prepared for or you you have to bring in your thinking at that point of time too solve them. So IIT semester system was also uh, a good training for me in, in some sense. Yeah. Fascinating, fascinating. Yeah. So these times are also the ones where uh, you would probably be also looking at serious career questions, mm -hmm. right? Uh, because those are the points where you will have to make a decision on, on uh, almost what you really want to do mm -hmm. for let's say next 10 years, 15 mm -hmm. years or even long, long term stuff. So uh, IIT is a great place, uh, and especially if you are in, a, in an ecosystem where uh, research and other kind of things are encouraged, you would know what are the avenues available. Yeah. So what was going through your mind then? Like, uh, who who are the people whom you are talking to? What kind of discussions were you having? For for example, your your own peers. Uh, what is the kind of uh, uh, exposure you had uh, during that particular time? Could you please tell? Yeah. So in that sense, I think. Um, being in the IITs is when I seriously started uh, con considering going for a PhD. Um, and uh, while I knew that, uh, while I knew that uh, I was, I always knew that I enjoyed doing it. So actually, probably growing up a little, going back a little bit, I always thought of myself as a teacher growing up, like either a professor or being in the teaching profession rather than being, uh, you know, I, I really thought of myself as a professor all the time uh, because I really enjoyed physics. I really enjoyed, uh, do, you know, I enjoyed uh, learning and working on that thing a lot. 
um, and I think at, at the IITs, uh, I when I was first exposed to research, and because of the peer exposure that you get over there from your seniors and uh, from you know, historically how uh, IITs have had students going into, particularly in physics, going into uh, PhDs. I think that's when I first started considering to take research as my profession. You know, the primary goal of my profession is research. Um, and uh, so that, in that way, again, IIT is a very privileged place in that sense because you have contacts, you have uh, professors who are uh, who can guide you to how to go about it. And that is really important. I, I don't know a lot of people are and you know now today we should think about how to expand that exposure to more people uh, how to uh, what are the different options available for me whether i want to stay at, stay in the country whether i want to go abroad or and that, that there's you know, there's a lot of uh, there's a lot of advice that you get from my my own uh, my own master's thesis advisor was professor ramadevi who was working at that point of time and uh, she encouraged she and a, many other professors at that point in time encouraged us to apply widely and mostly i think it was it it was being in that moment at that place at that time it made sense and also just life wise taking a step to going somewhere else was absolutely think, yeah. absolutely so uh, at that junction you're also thinking about us already or uh, i was thinking hmm. about us but more that was mostly because of peers <laughs> yeah, <laughs> that's, yeah. that's that's clear as it was yeah so um, Tell us about that transition because uh, that's a, also a, another very big leap. Yeah. Uh, what was the process? What was the kind of decisions you had to make? What was the questions you were asking yourself in making such decisions? Yeah. So uh, that was, a, I think, moving to the US was probably the, the in my life. I think one of the most important trans, like life transitions that happened to me and I learned a because it was a, a stage of my life where I was you know observing things a lot faster I think you're, you're growing up and you're starting to live on your own for the first time and taking independent decisions for the first time um, and uh, the, I, I think it was a very enriching experience to me uh, to get exposed to the world of science and how science is done right um, there's one aspect of uh, learning science and uh, teaching science and absorbing science. And then there is another aspect of uh, doing research in science and how to take knowledge forward, right? And uh, how that, 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 is, uh, that is such a human endeavor and a social endeavor and uh, is, is, is something that I really learned in the US, uh, both work culture-wise and both uh, both, you know how how to how to take your how to become an independent scientist really right. Uh, I think that was uh, the I think so I I did my PhD at uh, the University of Illinois mm -hmm. Urbana Champaign uh, in the astronomy department, and uh, the most uh, exciting thing for me I think over there was uh, and you know PhD can be challenging. Uh, it was nice for me in some sense because uh, both my partner orko and me we were both there at the same place so it was easier for me in many ways but otherwise you know for a lot of people because it's such a 
new experience, something that you are not trained to do and you're really learning to, for the first time, understand uh, how to do research and how much of what that involves and learning to fail at different steps, sorry, uh, learning to fail at different steps and how to go ahead. So it can be quite an interesting experience uh, and uh, having, and it's very different from uh, studying physics or science, right? So, so I think uh, it was, I, I really enjoyed my time over there. The, the most, the first aspect that I really enjoyed over there was uh, the being at the forefront of scientific research, right? The amount of exposure that you get to what is happening today in science. What are the people? What are the questions that people are looking at right now? How are they trying to solve it? You know that weekly, not just weekly, weekly journal clubs, uh, weekly talks, and how important that is. Uh, how sharing ideas and discussing science is so important. Uh, you know, just uh, just to uh, sharpen the questions that you are working on. Uh, how talking to people how uh, is, is so important uh, and I think that atmosphere was really enjoyable I, I think it was really enriching actually and uh, I and I, I think we are always seeking that atmosphere as scientists to be uh, to feel you know to feel constantly challenged constant and and to try to resolve that challenge in some sense right and I think it's that was really and was a really enriching uh, time for me. Yeah. Fabulous. Mm. Uh, UIUC also is one of the most famous schools for uh, physics, condensed matter physics, mm -hmm. especially. Yes, yes, yes. You know, people like Bardi and yes. others yes. Have, yes. have really, you know, have their yeah, imprint on, on that particular place. So, how was the ecosystem while doing your coursework, learning uh, new things? Yeah. Uh, and, uh, Given the fact that you are also in uh, Urbana-Champagne, which is uh, in the Midwest, close to Chicago, probably you, that's the pathway you would generally take. Mm -hmm. uh, it, uh, I, given the fact that I also have spent some time in my life in, uh, a long time ago in, in the Midwest, it has a, its own interesting charm of, uh, you know, slightly more offbeat than conventional hosts yes, of the US. Yeah, yeah. yeah. Could you t just paint us a picture about that place? Yeah, uh, it's a, as a PhD student, it was a really nice place. So it's sort of, uh, it's called the university town hmm. as just more for the wider audience. It's called, so it's most of uh, the town and the things that people do over there are centered around the university. Uh, most of the things are connected to the university. There are a few other industries and stuff over there. Uh, so it had uh, 40,000 students mm -hmm. uh, uh, at that point of time. A large, and a large Indian. <laughs> and a large Indian. And yes, uh, a lot of people called it the University of Indian and <laughs> Chinese. <laughs> so yeah, it has a large international student uh, component, uh, both in, at the undergrad and at the PhD level. And uh, right, and it was, uh, it was, uh, very nice. Uh, it's, uh, it, it, it's a vibrant place for students. A lot of things are going on. Uh, it's got, even though it's a small town, it's which is it's got fairly good public transport actually, which is really important. Very surprising, right? Yes, very <laughs> surprising in the US and very important for me, having spent a lot of time in Calcutta and Bombay. So it had it was nice. Um, it was a it was a very vibrant uh, place, both academically and just uh, culturally. You know. 
very very nice place yeah so uh right and yeah so and the physics department and is is very famous there uh and it was really nice because uh, we were you know we were students over there we were uh, the university was invested in us and we were part of its academic intellectual environment and it was so nice because at that point of time you know i one of the things that i remember and this is just a sort of a it's a positive culture shock <laughs> as you would call it one of the things that i remember was you know anthony legget who who was a nobel laureate was there at the time in the physics department and he used to basically you know come to work every day you would see him see him around the university all the time in his red jacket walking around he used to take a class on philosophy of science at that point of time and i remember you know in, in one of our astro department colloquiums um it was very full uh, and every i can't quite remember who was giving the colloquium at that point of time the, but the room was really full and uh, i think it was just after the uh, planks so the planck satellite announcement that they had measured the scalar to tensor ratio sorry jargon uh, but so it was an exciting time and i think he came in for the talk and the room was completely full and i remember he just walked in and sat on the floor you know and was listening to the talk and it was it was so i mean it's a strange thing it's it's just it's a it's a culture shock as i said but it's a positive culture shock of how you know how how egalitarian science has the potential to be and how uh, has the potential to be it's not that it is always but i think um, it was a really good atmosphere just just uh, being in that environment of people really uh, the main thing was the science over there right like uh, the the focus of everybody's life was the absolutely science. fantastic yeah. this is actually a great story because you know that is probably one of the elements of uh, of impressions mm -hmm. uh for example as somebody who is really trying to uh, you know explore the world through science and you see somebody who has done it in a very successful way mm -hmm. success is also yeah. subjective yeah. but uh, a, a person like anthony legget is is you know <laughs> is yeah. a uh, is every physics department would be knowing mm -hmm. uh, liquid helium etc you know and uh, somebody who comes to the seminar and he sits on the floor it's it's a great impression yeah yeah um, but you know that is something which is the strength of a american education yes uh, although i have spent only as a postdoc in in us but i also see that the kind of openness you mm -hmm. have in an academic system yeah of course it has come under huge criticism nowadays for various other reasons mm -hmm. but at least in conventional science and technology based departments and to a large extent even in some other departments where uh, the focus is slightly more on on you know broader questions uh, related to natural sciences that culture is very strong yeah uh, and uh, most of the places irrespective of where they are within the geography of us you would uh, you would observe this this very very interesting stuff yeah it's kind of almost a melting pot Right? Yes, absolutely. Uh, so, so yeah. were you also exposed to other things other than the astrophysics there? Because the department, as I mentioned, is already you know very reputed for physics and uh, even biophysics for that matter. Yeah. So, uh, in fact, I think so. We had, uh, we had, <coughs> so, so we the colloquiums, for example, mm. the physics colloquiums were general, right? So we were always uh, we were a part of that all the time, right? So we would. essentially you know learn about all the all 
all the different areas, all the different questions that were at the forefront of science at that point of time, including in you know, kinetic matter physics, including in superconductivity and uh, your biophysics at the time. So it was, it was a, uh, you know, even though primarily I was, uh, I was in the in the gravity astrophysics uh, uh, group. Uh, you were encouraged uh, to take different uh, courses, and you were. Uh, yeah, they, they were also being offered. Uh, the the PhD curriculum was also very, uh, you know, free. I could not completely take advantage of it because uh, having done a physics degree up to my MSc, I had to do a lot of introductory astro courses going in. But you know, typically uh, you had the opportunity uh, to you know take emergent field theory mm -hmm. from Nigel Gondelfeld and you mm -hmm. know classes from. Chad came to every everybody, so it was a it was a very open environment in that. Right, nice, yeah, yeah, nice. Yeah. So, uh, could you also tell us about uh, the kind of research problems you were thinking about then? Yes. What is the kind of questions you were interested in? What is the kind of uh, uh, interesting problems you are getting exposed during that time? Yeah. So at that point of time, uh, right. So uh, my first sort of uh, yeah. So uh, I. My first question that I started working on with my PhD advisor, uh, Neil Dalal. Uh, so we started working on understanding uh, so uh, halo collapse essentially. Okay, so um, so we started. Uh, I I started working on so there's this. I should go ahead and describe the problem. Yeah, yeah, please, right? please. Yeah, yeah. So essentially, you know, so uh, dark matter halos, which are, uh, which uh, we now know, we now think we have evidence that. There needs to be something like dark matter in the universe uh, to explain uh, the way galaxies move and the way matter distributes itself in the universe. So it is called dark just for the listeners because it is not uh, within the purview of the observable electromagnetic radiation. Yes. So therefore, they, it goes undetected. Yeah. But it has been detected using some other indirect methods. Yes, exactly. So we, uh, yeah. So we infer its presence through indirect yeah. methods, through right. so essentially its gravitational influence, uh, primarily, initially, of course, through how things move inside uh, around the galaxy, you know, how stars in the outskirts of a galaxy or gas in the outskirts of a galaxy, how its motion, uh, its motion depends on the mass within its radius. So that was how it was sort of initially inferred. Uh, but, you know, now at this point of time, we have multiple ev evidence from very different avenues that we really need something like uh, a component of matter which uh, we cannot yet detect its electromagnetic interaction but it's uh, we really needed to explain for example the cosmic microwave background and many other things the flatness of galaxy disks and so on so many 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 different uh, avenues so uh, right so uh, you know so what i was working on was essentially so it it's, it turns out when you uh, sort of work with n-body simulations of dark matter halos, um, where you're, you know, where you're evolving a system of dark matter simulation particles in in a gravitational field, uh, you form these uh, structures. So halos are uh, are are bound structures around the, you know, our galaxy has its own halo. It's a bound, much larger scale, puffier structure surrounding the dark, uh, surrounding a galaxy, for example. So we were trying to understand the internal structure of, structures of these halos. And it, uh, the problem that I was working in is specifically people see that 
Um, in these n-body simulations, the dark matter halos turn out to be something which is known as an, uh, turn out to have a mass distribution that looks like, has a very uh, nearly universal mass profile, mass distribution as a function of radius, uh, called the Navarro-Franklin-White profile. Uh, but uh, we don't completely understand why that profile emerges. So there are many different ways of approaching it. Uh, one of the ways is to understand it through, uh, through self-similar gravitational collapse of initial density perturbations in the in initial uh, universe. Um, so you have a density, you have a region where you have a lot of dark matter density. Um, and that will naturally collapse under the gravitational influence in an expanding universe uh, and form its internal structure. So I was working on these self-similar models uh, to explain that internal structure. So that was the first problem I was working on. Um, that was purely uh, sort of semi-analytical and using numerical uh, simulation, not uh, yeah, using some semi-analytical work, so pen and paper and uh, a little bit, a bit of comment quite a bit of computational work. So were you already uh, kind of trained in computational physics or uh, you had to pick up something after you go? I was, uh, as in uh, during my college and even in, uh, so I was trained in, uh, uh, I knew C essentially, mm. um, C and a little bit of Fortran, um, what you learn in a regular college course. So that way I was, uh, I, I also enjoyed coding quite a bit. So I had some training, uh, but as is true for anything you pick up as you go, right? Um, so yeah, it was a lot of intense coding that I was doing at that point of time. And also for the first time, I was working on converting actual physical problems into code, uh, which is uh, which was super fun experience for me. I really enjoy it. Uh, yeah, it's one of the most creative aspects also, right? Yeah, yeah. True, true. It's creative aspects. And interestingly, it also makes you really understand the you really have to understand the physics to actually get the code to work. So it really uh, nails you in, in that sense. You know, you you have to break it all apart to put it all together again in, in, in some sense. So uh, I, I, I really enjoy coding a lot. Wonderful. Um, so yeah, so that was uh, mostly semi-analytical and uh, programming work. Uh, but at that point of time, uh, so we, so, uh, you know, I was working with my advisor primarily, and uh, we we can talk about that at some point of time. But one of the things that he would do is he would take uh, his his group out to uh, University of Chicago uh, once in a month or once in two months, and uh, you know we would have a group meeting over there uh, with uh, another group, which was uh, Andre Kraftsov and Nick Ganeden's group over there. So uh, so that was a very good experience and. One of the nicest things that happened, and you know, it's part of this talking and uh, uh, talking to people thing. In, in one of those group meetings, you know, one of Andre's students were presenting about this new thing that they were seeing in simulations, essentially, where where the dark matter distribution, as is understood in the inner parts of the halo, is very close to this universal profile that I was talking about. But they were seeing some deviations in the outer regions of the halo, essentially. And you know, we were just looking at figures and trying to figure out like what's going on. And then essentially, you know, in that conversation, we realized that what they were seeing was very related to some of the cell, one of the things that we were studying at the, using the self-similar solutions, it's called a density caustic, like a small region where the density becomes really, really sharp. 
and uh, so that so then we went in and sort of started to investigate what that could be and really try to understand it from the problem that we were working on and essentially uh, we worked on that and you know so, sort of understood the origin of what that deviation uh, was and that actually turned out to be one of my most uh, well read papers yes nice. um, nice. sort of something that i'm is is partly associated to mm -hmm. me uh, it's called the flashback radius mm -hmm. so uh, and that was so uh, that was a very enriching experience you know which came out of uh, that was the first time of course in subsequent career, career that it happened more often and that is now maybe a way of life also but i think that was really nice this this exchange of ideas of where you go and you know you uh, then we worked on this problem which came out of many different things that people were working on and uh, it, it culminated to a, a real understanding of something new was really nice uh, so that that was one of the first few problems i was working on and i think over after that after that the other thing that was really really exciting for me is um, so i was doing a completely theoretical thing right so theory and simulations mostly uh by the end of my sort of phd uh, one so that's really powerful and exciting about cosmology and astro ast astrophysics is that you have data right so by the end of my phd there were a few other groups um who actually went out and measured this feature that we were predicting should exist in 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 simulations and uh, i think that was one of the most enriching experiences for me to be able to start working with observations so i had been sort of detached from experiments and observations for a while but i think uh, one of the most gratifying experiences is to be involved with the observations you know uh, be involved with that experimental aspect of measuring what it is that you are predicting and uh, and since then i've never looked back like i work very closely with uh, with observers i work very closely with uh, data analysis and i'm you know always i have done a little bit of it myself and i really really enjoy that aspect of working in cosmology so yeah so that's that's wonderful really wonderful very very nicely also you know elaborated and you could see that there are three at least three different questions you are working on mm -hmm. and it is also a time where you are probably also becoming quasi independent almost yes uh, yeah. you also were mentioning about your advisor would you want to talk a little bit yeah i think he was uh, i think it was a really good experience working uh, with him uh, as you know so again so we've spoken about this a lot with our peers and everything uh, phd's can be very complicated because it's really a one your it depends on your relationship with your advisor okay and i think i and every person has a unique relationship uh, and it can become very toxic or it can become really really it can become good or it can be somewhere in between but i think uh, it was i learned a lot from him and i think uh, one of the things that i really uh, learned and became comfortable with working with him is to challenge uh, challenge ideas and be confident about challenging ideas you know and uh, being a woman in physics is a very different uh, is 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 a fairly complicated experience uh, we can talk more about that but uh, i think in in that sense he was not 
even though we never said it in those words, like he was never uh, hesitant to challenge me, and I was I gained the confidence of you know being open and being ready to be myself wherever I was because I had that exchange with because of that value that I uh, gained while being a student as well, and I I I hope I can you know. It was not easy. He's a uh, challenging person himself. Mm -hmm. He can become. Uh, he's he's a nice person, but he can it can be he can be tricky. But I think I can, I hope I can inculcate uh, some of those things and you know uh, remember some of those things when I I be an advisor to a student I'm just starting. With it. Very nice, very nice. You did mention uh, about a very important point, which is uh, the woman in physics. Mm -hmm. uh, you know. This is a this is a question which is very pertinent nowadays in uh, Indian science community. Yeah. In fact, in a larger context, even Indian academic uh, kind of circles, where uh, the presence of women, especially in natural sciences, um, is not that good. Yeah. Biology is better, but uh, physics and chemistry uh, are not that great. Mm -hmm. And uh, this is a, a matter of great concern. There's also something called as Hyderabad Charter. Probably mm -hmm. you would yes. be also aware yeah. of that, where uh, some of our uh, uh, women uh, scientists, uh, physicists, who have put together some very important uh, information, yes. and they give uh, glaring, you know, inf uh, you know, uh, data which shows that the participation of uh, women, especially at the higher levels of, mm -hmm. let's say, a department or a faculty uh, kind of recruitment, is still not uh, uh, as much as, let's say, even a biology department. Uh, you are now in a situation where you have gone through that process and you have become now a you know, assistant professor, your own uh, individual and independent kind of uh, a group. Uh, what are the things which are which you came across, uh, Susmita, when you were trying to kind of navigate through the system, having also been educated in India in the beginning, up to the master level, then going to US, which actually is slightly better, but still there is a lot of yeah, issues yeah. there too. Yeah. Uh, before we uh, we shift to your Stanford uh, stint, uh, I would want to just ask you because this PhD is also a crucial time, where uh, a, a, a woman physicist actually has to really navigate, which mm -hmm. sometimes is not uh, obvious to to everybody who is uh, who is aware of the conventional research situation. Could you please tell us a little bit about? Yeah, uh, yeah, I think that's really important uh, aspect actually. So gro growing up. Uh, of course, ever you know, I grew up in India, so society as a whole always reminds you that you're a woman. Uh, I was lucky, lucky in a sense that in my house it was, uh, it became in the choices that I made with science was easier for me. I did not have to, you know, I, it, it was okay f uh, for me. But later, you know, when I had to make life choices, those things came up even from my own family. Uh, my mother, though, I should say. Is, a, a huge inspiration for me. She always let me be who I was, um, and I, I think that's really that has been a very important aspect of my life. But um, I think the older I grew, the more conscious I became of uh, what it is to be a woman in science, and it's it's perceived by society as not being a natural place for you. I don't. People are not always doing it intentionally, uh, but. It's just, it's, it's just, it's, it feels, it reminds you that you are somehow not expect to be here and it's not clear why. Like, you know, for example, in my first, I still remember this in my physics undergraduate class, 
someone who is now a really really good friend of mine said that oh uh, oh you're good at math you're almost as you know you're almost as good as a guy you know <laughs> <Wow>. something <laughs> and it's so weird, weird because yeah. uh, it's just like what do you in this person's mother <laughs> is is a master's in math right and you know he would stay, changed a lot person has changed a lot since then but you know these are the sort of things which are casual, casual casually yeah. throw, thrown around right and uh, and even though you you don't always feel it's easy to think of yourself as you know somehow surfacing out of all this and but it, it's not that it's like constantly people are people try to adjust to it people try, try to adjust their behavior to it uh, in in many ways and it's just not something that the other half of the society is having to do at that level that's that's the difference but i think as you grow older you realize i was one of you know four girls in my uh, in my masters class um, one of four my, out of four out of 40 wow uh, and that's common it's <laughs> very physics, common right yeah yeah uh, particularly i would say in the institutes which have some kind of competitive entrance or something it becomes even more common actually um, similar numbers and Xavier's as well. Uh, astrophysics actually does better. Um, yeah, you're right. So the, but it's still skewed, but it's better. Yeah, than among the, the physics, physics uh, yeah. uh, sub branches, uh, astrophysics astronomy has and astronomy and astrophysics has. Is, is, yeah, uh, is, that's probably because the number of people who really are excited to do astrophysics is so large. Also, the probably, pool pool probably yes, is much yes, bigger. Yes, yes, uh, but uh, yeah, and then. Uh, so PhD, the number wise, it was okay, uh, but you already start <laughs> picking up in the in the power dynamics of the room on the people who are sitting at the table, you know, amongst your professors, there's like a huge skew in the numbers, mm -hmm. right? Like, uh, even in America, right? And uh, then I started my postdoc at uh, Stanford. Uh, the postdoc numbers were fairly good amongst mm -hmm. the postdocs, but then I went to my first conference, which was this cosmic microwave background conference at, Stan at Stanford and it was a room of nearly 100 people I think and I think I was among the four or five women in that room and then it suddenly hits you like you know it's like the higher you're going the numbers are shrinking and uh, and the higher you're going that's where all the decisions are being made right and uh, you just start seeing the huge skewed uh, you know the 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 messaging is just is is all wrong right and uh, it's and the thing is that you know it's people will argue in many different ways that oh you know people just choose to do something else and uh, you know, why do we need to make uh, make room for others when you, hundreds of kinds of things that people will say but of course you realize that the it just becomes harder the fewer uh, you know as the number shrinks it just you're just you just become other more easily it it, it happens unconsciously but um, a lot of time i mean people will claim that it happens unconsciously but it it's just it just becomes you know where the decisions are being taken it's just such a large lack of women is just uh, it's stark and it's it's disturbing right and and they bring so much to the table. Uh, my postdoc advice, my postdoc uh, mentor advisor, so it was an independent postdoc position, but I was working in this group, uh, uh, you know, at, at Stanford, uh, 
Risa Wexler, and she was at that time the director of uh, the Kavli Institute there. And having her at that position makes such a huge difference to the atmosphere in the department, I think. Um, uh, actually, while I was there, it was a transition. Both the people were great, but I just think that the amount of effort she put to uh, bring to for uh, you know how important uh, how important this aspect of science is you know to have more women to understand to hear them to give them the space to voice any issues that they may be having you know is is so important like we uh, we used to have this. So the the thing is in America the numbers are really bad as well. Yeah, actually, uh, in fact, probably as worse as uh, as quite bad. bad. Yeah, 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 and apparently yeah. they've been getting worse over the last yeah. decade or so, which is quite shocking. Shocking. Yeah. Then there's a there's another aspect of in America is is uh, is black women. If you look mm -hmm. at black women, mm -hmm. the number of uh, uh, faculty or the number of people in high positions is just even worse. Even worse. Right? Yeah. And uh, Right, so, but it can make a huge difference, and I think we. So this is why I really like, you know, coming back to the name of your uh, podcast, like human or you know the one line expl explainer, humanizing science. We often think of science as not being, or we try to think of science as not being a social endeavor, but it is. It is Absolutely. like deeply social, right? Um, even ideas sometimes can take uh, a direction because there are some powerful people speaking about it, right? And Absolutely. for ages and ages, uh, a set wisdom will not change because of who is saying that, right? And um, so and correct, so correct. As yeah. much as we think of it as not being, or try to say that, oh, you know, we don't want to get ourselves involved in these uh, human questions. Okay. Mm. It is deeply human. Human, yes. Uh, so it's it's really important to keep that in mind. So I think. Uh, there, uh, there. I think the good thing is uh, there is a lot of discussion on this. Whether or not a lot of things actually happen, uh, as is true about America, it can be a lot of things can ultimately end up becoming superficial. Mm -hmm. But, um, but there is a lot of discussion on this. So I read a lot and learned a lot about this. So we used to have these like uh, biweekly equity diversity reading clubs where we would just read exclusively on. This was in Stanford. This was at Stanford. Very yes. nice. Um, where we would read about many different things, you know, just just Wonderful. women in science and uh, a lot about uh, how the the experience of black students in academia and um, a lot of that discussion and the importance of that discussion became really really important. And uh, right, so you uh, so that is important. And I think then coming back to India, I think now there is a lot of conversation, conversation. about this, and yes. I think that's great. That's uh, really great. Yeah. But yeah, still not far away, yeah, far, far away, away from where we, yeah. we are supposed <laughs> yeah, to be. Far away. But I think that consciousness is important. Is, is yeah. important. Yeah. Um, and consciousness is important and uh, having a lot of good uh, balance of young and old people to to bring new ideas is really, really important, I think. Yeah. So I, I think there's a lot of, there's a long way to go, but at least the conversation is there. Yes. Yeah. Fabulous. Fabulous. So now we'll make a transition where you will talk about one of the biggest transitions where you probably would uh, spend some time in Stanford and uh, even a little bit time in Fermilab, mm -hmm. Chicago, and then you move back to India. Mm -hmm. So uh, we'll just go in steps, small steps. 
so that you uh, we would quickly cover this point. Uh, what motivated you to go to Stanford and then to Sh U Chicago and the Fermi Lab, and then we'll come to the crucial uh, transition. Yeah. So I I, I went to uh, yeah. So I moved to Stanford in 2017. Uh, at that point of time, uh, I was looking for postdoc, and there was a really good um, group over there who was working. Uh, who was uh, they? They were there were several groups. Uh, one was Risa Wexler's group, and, and another was Tom Maple's group, who were working on different aspects of structure formation and their connection to uh, galaxies in observations. With the uh, so uh, so I was, uh, and I was also at that point of time sort of starting to work with uh, data and people from the Dark Energy Survey. Uh, so it was a natural. Uh, so when I got the offer, it was a natural choice for me and. Uh, the other reason was, of course, both me and my partner Orko, both of us got an offer from there. Uh, so we yeah, or, or we should mention yeah, because uh, uh, Orko's name we have uh, uh, brought it up. Orko is also an assistant professor at our department, our colleague, and he's also an excellent uh, research scientist. I'm very sure we will have it at some point of time on Pratidwani, mm -hmm. and uh, and uh, they also make wonderful kind of you know. Uh, uh, important uh, contributions to the department in terms of the various different areas which we are interested in. Yeah, sorry, sorry for the pause, but please yeah. go ahead. <laughs> yeah, so you know, so yeah, so there were two aspects. One mm. is, of course, purely science motivated, and then there's life motivated, of mm. course. And I remember going to talk to Tom Abel at that time, who was, you know, making us the offer, and he was like, yeah, you know, you can do a lot of things. You can go here, there, but you know, life happens, and you just want to be at the same place. That's important. <laughs> So yeah, so uh, so we moved there, and of course it's a very good place. Uh, so uh, so I moved there in 2017. Uh, I was while I was there, I was um, I started working with a uh, lot more, uh, many more directions in uh, data as well. Uh, a lot of uh, started uh, started working on understanding the connection between how galaxies evolve in in dark matter halos, and. Uh, <clears throat> And also, you know, many other different uh, things that I wanted to test with uh, dark energy surveys data, and also would also work very closely at that time with my collaborator in uh, UPenn, uh, who is Bhuvneshri, and who's also been a very important academic influence for me. So, um, right. So at that point of time, I was, um, yeah, and I, I, so that's also where I uh, started, uh, you know. Exp experimenting with new things at Stanford. It was an independent position. Um, so it was scary as well as uh, exciting. Okay, yeah. yeah. So, uh, you know, no one was asking you whether you've done your work and you sort <laughs> <laughs> of have to do it yourself, right? You already start doing that in your PhD, but yeah. And it was, uh, it was a lot of fun. I started working with students uh, quite extensively, uh, fantastic students over there. <laughs> And other postdocs uh, collaborating with my office mates and mm -hmm. stuff. So that was a very good experience um, at, at nice. uh, Stanford. Yeah, and uh, yeah, and then also you know met some of my long-term mentors and Risa and Tom. So th that was who I still talk to today if I need any advice from science to life. And it, I should say that you know that's another valuable thing that you get uh, as a researcher. You know all these all these nice mentors. Absolutely. Fantastic. Fantastic. Uh, and the Fermi Lab? Chicago uh, Fermi, uh, so it was primarily a position in New Chicago. New Chicago. Uh, yeah. So it was sort of at the end of uh, Stanford, sort of uh, also the pandemic had kicked in at that point mm, of time. Mm. And 
was in a dilemma if I really wanted to move from Stanford at that point of time, but I was advised that it's good to have some, uh, you know, again, exposure to different kinds of places and people as well. Uh, so then I moved to U Chicago for uh, a year-ish, uh, primarily. It was a joint position between U Chicago and uh, and uh, Fermilab. But uh, that was a really nice time because it was sort of, at, not at the end, but in the, things were just starting to open up and you really missed, uh, you know, interacting with people one-on-one -on -one during the pandemic. So all the postdocs decided that they will go to office. Uh, so... <laughs> Um, so we all used to go to uh, U Chicago at that point of time, wearing masks. Uh, there was one week in between which we did without masks, but just after that week it was back. Uh, but U Chicago, uh, yeah. So I, I I was working a lot on the at that point of time uh, something that I started at Stanford and uh, started working on in more in U Chicago was uh, the connection between gravitational wave sources and uh, dark matter halos and stuff. Uh, so, connection between those things, which I'm also working on now. Yeah. Nice. Uh, so, that that I, I I delved into more over there, and also you know uh, Chicago is an interesting place socially, so it was a really yeah. good experience. So uh, I was uh, also part of sort of the <clears throat> um, sort of the social working group over there, who's working with the nearby South Chicago. Uh, people and trying to understand all of that. So it was a very good, uh, uh, that was also a very uh, useful experience for me. Fabulous, fabulous, yeah. fabulous. Tell us about now the crucial transition. It's kind of circling back. Yes. Okay. Yeah. And uh, this is a transition which is uh, not easy mm -hmm. because uh, all of us in some or the other way have done that. Tell us first and the foremost thing about why you decided to move back. That mm -hmm. is a very important question, given the kind of uh, background you have. If you wanted, you could have probably stayed back. Mm -hmm. What is the reason you, you decided to come? Yeah, I think um, for me, uh, so when I left to go to the US, I, in in a sense, I want, I always knew that I wanted to come back and work in India. Uh, whenever I started, you know, working as a professor or a permanent job i wanted to be in in india uh, mostly i think at that point of my time even before i went my thinking was that i i i did there are many challenges but i did grow like growing up in india i understand india more the people more and uh, i i really uh, wanted to work here live my life here you know i didn't want to completely detach myself from this. Uh, of course, moving to the US, you moving to the US is a late, at a later stage is different from moving when you're younger. Absolutely. So you have a lot more perspective when you move when you're older. So I, I enjoyed my time over there. I learned a lot of things. I also you know, un, understood that society better. Uh, but I think I uh, always wanted I always knew that I will come back. So that was easy for me in that sense. It was not, uh, uh, it was not something, it was not a big leap that I was making belief-wise, right? Uh, but it helped that both, uh, both me and my partner wanted to move back. So uh, that was, that, in that sense also it was easy. But um, yeah, and then another thing, by the time I was, you know, finishing my postdoc and, you know, I also uh, used, 
start to understand that uh, in India the cosmology community is growing, you know, and it now it's a, it's a very it's a very good number, and there are people because by the time you finish, you realize that you know you need that uh, you need that environment also to talk like scientifically also you need that environment to talk to people around you and you enjoy aspects of your science uh, which are important to you right uh, so you need that collaboration all the time so in india the astrophysics community and the cosmological community is is constantly growing so now india is also part of a lot of international collaborations as well and it's an exciting time to be back in india also yeah recently there is also an approval for a major telescope yes for ska, SKA and yeah. there's ligo coming up yeah. and also you know we are and also now doing science collaboratively is much easier so um, you know also there's a large optical survey coming yeah. up called the ruben observatory and we want to be a part of that as well and it's, it's you you take all that and you you can come back and you can actually have a really nice lot of uh, you know not a lot at least a few of us did decide to uh, come back and stay here so it's a good time even scientifically to be back and uh, yeah so at Okay, so now you know. Once you, once you made that decision, so we, I, you know, I did not apply there. So I thought first, let me see, try India, and then we'll see if uh, if what happens. Uh, so uh, things worked out. So things worked out well. So it was lucky also in a way, and uh, I came here at sort of you know. I also did not apply widely over here. I came here because also the ISA Pune department. Uh, express an interest in growing the cosmology department over here so it was also a very good opportunity uh, to contribute to uh, uh, to uh, contribute and you know help me build my career around something that is new so i was very uh, excited to come back in that sense uh, and it's uh, and also like i really uh, i think the undergraduate graduate student experience in india is very nice it's a very vibrant community i really liked my college and my uh, uh, college and my masters days in in india and i liked that atmosphere a lot as well so i wanted to come back to a place like this so it was uh, it was it was an easy decision in that sense of course you're moving from a resource a place with excesses of resource to a place which is largely resource starved so there are going to be issues of course but uh, but i don't think the issues are very hard to navigate and there's a lot of lot of things you can do over here and i don't know how much of you know my mentor you mentor there used to say that you know there's so much uh, so much you can do over there right because there's so many new things you can start and so many so so much place to do you know have a footprint there um i don't know how much of it i will be able to do in the future but at least it's, it it was a very exciting opportunity for me to come back here fabulous very nice very nice uh briefly tell us about the questions you are now interested in your group and how big is your group and, uh yeah uh, so yes now i have a group <laughs> that's really nice i get to work with a lot of students and i think that's so valuable because i, I should mention by the way to listeners that astrophysics is one of the sorted of <laughs> topics in in uh, in aisa pune pune itself is a hub for pune uh, is a hub uh, i mean i didn't realize this before i i knew it like yeah. theoretically <laughs> that pune has a lot of astrophysics. but yeah 
but it has in, inspired so, so many people many. in cosmology and astrophysics it's amazing yeah it's a really nice place and they've done a great job yeah uh, yeah so yeah so now my group uh, so i have two phd students in my group and i have two master students and another master students who graduated um and uh, i have about six undergrads in my group right at, at this point of time uh, it that it that is a completely new experience uh, i mean i worked with students before but uh you know as a professor i, I making that transition from a postdoc to a professor uh, is a is a is is a quite a interesting and challenging you have to figure a lot of things out uh, you know that's the thing about science you know as soon as you think that okay now i'm getting used to this i'm really understanding now how to how to be a phd student you become a postdoc it's completely different you feel suddenly feel start feeling comfortable with being a postdoc and you become a professor and that's completely different you know your previous thing is not really training you for those aspects so uh, but i really enjoy it um, i think working with students is uh, is very nice uh, you often as you progress through your career your the time you get to spend on uh, every small aspect that you diminishes with time because you have more responsibilities so i think it's great to have students to keep that going and uh, also you know encourage you to keep doing that yourself the reason you love science so i think i uh, i have two students in my group now uh, two phd students one of who uh, is working on uh, working on understanding um, so this is uh, so this is related to massive galaxy clusters uh, observations uh, to make predictions for massive galaxy clusters essentially the massive galaxy clusters are uh, really large dark matter halos that have around masses of around 10 to the 14 times you know 1000 billion times the mass of the sun um, and these are really large potential wells and uh, so he's working to understand the connection between uh, how the gaseous component of the halo and the dark matter component of the halo interact and uh, what kind of observational signatures uh, or or there are you know how do we understand certain observational signatures that we are seeing uh, by understanding this interconnection uh, and um, the other so i'm 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 generally interested in uh, you know these these questions of uh, understanding the halo structure i think uh, the the direction that i'm very uh, excited about right now is uh, so is to push to dwarf scales uh, which means that you know push to scales where of smaller dark matter halos smaller and smaller dark matter halos so i've been working with massive clusters which are really large halos but with higher precision measurement and fantastic data coming up you can really go to the smaller uh, scales and these smaller scales are really really interesting because the smallest galaxies or the smallest halos are basically going to be dark matter dominated so you know a lot of the things that we've learned about dark matter is from studying the dwarfs of our own milky way uh, so the satellites of our own milky way galaxy um but now you can you know go out and look at these smaller objects in in a larger statistical sense uh so i'm really excited about pushing in that direction and uh, other than that i'm also interested in looking at sort of the interconnections between these transient sources of gravitational waves and uh, galaxy formation and structure formation yeah yeah there there are uh, so many interesting things in fact 
I would be also uh, uh, linking uh, some of the very interesting talks Smita has given. There's a very nice TED talk uh, regarding uh, dark matter halos. And also I found uh, one talk at ICTS, which is slightly more technical, but somebody interested can uh, uh, look at it and uh, learn more about uh, interesting aspects. So uh, this has been a wonderful overview of your, your research. And uh, the other important aspect I keep emphasizing uh, always is a scientist is not just only about the questions they ask at their desk or with their group or at their laboratory. But there is a lot more for a scientist to explore within the society. And, uh, and the element which also is very interesting in your own uh, life is that um, you mentioned that you are interested in art. And I also know that you are interested in uh, gardening. Uh, I, I see that you... you <laughs> I'm, not, not I'm interested, but I can't <laughs> say I'm very good at it. Yeah, no, interest is more important. That's yeah. the first, first thing. But you're also, of course, you know, kind of um, deeply involved in, uh, in dance. Uh, Odyssey is something which you are seriously learning and you have a background too. Can you tell us uh, a little bit about that? What is the background? How did you get interested? And uh, what do you want to do and things like that? Yeah, so I think I have always been very uh, interested in dancing. Maybe in my mind that would be a, have been an alternative career if I wasn't a scientist. Uh, so, uh, as a child, I used to learn Bharatanatyam for a few years actually, but then mostly I actually uh, did a lot of a wider range of dance in my school in the sense of I I did a lot of uh, creative dance and uh, which is by creative dance, you know, I'm saying which is not classical uh, or folk, it's more uh, abstract. So, I, I participated in a lot of uh, dance events. Uh, growing up in a lot of dance competitions and used to participate in all of my school competitions. Um, and I really, really enjoyed that and spent a lot of time in my school actually doing that. Uh, also enjoy choreography a lot. Um, so uh, yeah, so through school and college, I did a lot of uh, dance. Uh, another surprising place where my dancing interest took a huge, uh, you know, huge boost was essentially IIT actually something that you don't expect about IIT. Uh, they have a very vibrant, IIT Bombay has a very vibrant uh, extracurricular culture. And they used to have you know, all kinds of uh, programs, uh, of course, in, in, in many different things. And one of the things that they used to have was like this active hip hop club actually, and they used to get a prof prof professional from outside who used to teach. So uh, I, I wasn't part of that, but I did a lot of Western dancing over there as well. And I really enjoyed, I spent a lot of time in IIT dancing and doing dance theatres and acting. <laughs> so, yeah, you know, I, I encourage students to do that. I encourage everyone to have something. Uh, I, so, it, it, it's really important to have that aspect in your life if you can. See, that is an important aspect, isn't it? Uh, because uh, it gives a person personality, <laughs> right? Because it's not only about defining yourself only through some aspect of yeah. your occupation. Yes. Uh, there is an extension of the yes. same person yes. into other domains. Absolutely. And uh, the other domain many a times feeds very positively to the, yes, the other, the subsequent uh, yeah. kind of uh, process, yeah. what you do. And you probably would have found that. Yes, uh, absolutely. I mean, you know, just... Uh, it feeds a lot into what you do, even as something as simple as, you know, of course, it enriches you as a person, 
because you are uh, you're devoting yourself to something you're absolutely right you know you're you're not defining yourself simply by your occupation and it's really important to appreciate that and uh, have a refuge somewhere also right so where you can cut off and you can appreciate something you can value something else and you can value another way of thinking also actually it's very important for example you know now uh, doing odyssey or at this age, you know probably old to do it, it takes a lot of physical effort mm. i think but that discipline is so, so important absolutely. right like it's amazing how much uh, whether you learn some form of classical music or dance or something that discipline is really feeds into your other aspects of your life right yeah Yes. folks the word discipline is a slightly old fashioned but the most important thing in fact that is yeah. something you know it's so crucial yes absolutely uh, no matter what skill you want to develop either in yeah. in sciences or, or anywhere, any any of art yeah it somehow it's not very fashionable to talk about that uh, it looks a little different but yeah. <laughs> as you correctly mentioned yeah. that focus is very very, very critical very critical yeah. yeah so anything i actually i think anything that you put your time into your focus and even reading actually i love enjoy it yeah, um, yeah I, i that is something i would want to ask yeah. because i i know that you read a lot you also are motivated by very interesting literature outside science yeah. what, what is the kind of books you yeah, read uh, strangely i think one of, one of the things that i i love reading all mm-hmm. kinds of books so i think it's hard for me to pinpoint one thing mm-hmm. uh, both fiction and non fiction mm-hmm. strangely i find that um I find that as far as non-fiction is concerned I find myself more drawn to and I don't encourage it <laughs> so I'll, I'll still go ahead and say it. I find myself more drawn to reading sort of non-fiction in other subjects uh, like I'm really I really love reading bio non-fiction or nice. economics non-fiction or his, you know history of course um rather than always physics non-fiction right Absolutely. Yeah. In fact, that's that's a great way to learn something. Too. Yes, yeah. yes. And I I was just thinking about this the other day. It's like why so I why is it that I find it harder to read because I feel like I should be <laughs> reading this, you know. And, uh, but I I feel like it's because when I read physics, I feel the urge to like if I don't understand something, I feel like I need to work this out, <laughs> right? Like why am I not getting? Whereas so, I I don't feel that amount of uh, I feel more. easy to wander around yeah. in when i'm reading as a not wander aimlessly you know the mm, mm. the it's a creative work, yes, kind of exploration yes so in speak. in reading maybe mm. economics or uh, bio non fiction or something like that and I, i of course love reading fiction as well very nice i think another thing that i really very important experience for me was because i grew up part of my life outside of uh, bengal i actually learned hindi uh, till class 12 um one of the things that i taught myself to do later was to learn bengali so that i could read because, and this was because when i went to college there were so many people from so many parts of the state and how you know excitedly they would speak about bengali literature, literature. Yeah. uh really influenced me and one of my friends gifted me i knew how to read it like very huh. rudimentary way but uh, he gave me a book and he said that you know why don't you read it same same person who was also <laughs> made the math story but you know anyway and i i i think that has been one of the most important things for me uh, Absolutely. i i i hope to read more uh, i read a lot of i read quite a bit of bengali now and i hope to read more you know 
regional literature, literature. I think that's, uh, in in other languages absolutely also now i think i would like to go ahead and do it yeah wonderful wonderful uh, this has been a very enlightening and very you know engaging conversation susmita and uh, i hope uh, you will also uh, find many interesting things in your research uh, and outside research lot of endeavors whatever you are now pursuing so uh, we this is a part of an emergence series which i which is uh, mm-hmm. uh, sub kind of a uh, part of the pratidwani uh, podcast which means that uh, i will request you to come back and uh, okay. you know have a conversation uh, later on uh, at some point of time in future and uh, this is something which uh, hopefully also will become a seed for some very small seed for an oral history archive uh, which is uh, one of the motivations behind it and uh, especially when it comes to physics given the fact that i have background in physics it's much easier to converse but i would also want to you know do this with other other uh, people um so yeah i thank you very much for the time uh, you you gave thank you so uh, much for having yeah yeah it's, a great it, it's it's been a wonderful conversation right. so this is pratidwani where we try to humanize science with susmita and her wonderful uh, research on uh, halos where dark she matter. explores a lot of interesting halos of dark matter and uh, signatures of dark matter signatures of dark matter mm-hmm. and uh, and also great to learn about all the other interests mm-hmm. thank you very much thank you so much yeah.